0: Love Talk Radio. And, uh, of course, this Sunday evening uh, is really a pleasure. And I must say again that I'm grateful to be of service uh, through this venue and we give thanks to the One Most High, my ancestors, my guardians, my mother-in-law, and, again, indeed, my wife. I'm uh, an interfaith minister, a Reiki practitioner, a shaman, and a marathon runner. And as an Internet on entrepreneur i sell african drums on my website so i invite you to uh, feel, please feel free to visit my site which is drums of change drums of spirit.com or just simply drumsofchange.com on our last show i talked about uh, vegetarianism and religions of the world and and how that impacts upon our overall health and uh, in future shows i will touch upon that again and also I also must mention that two weeks ago, um, we were very pleased to have our special guest, uh, Professor Vincent Mawe and, and Brother Philip Luizzi. He They were with us and uh, shared some very insightful and very exciting uh, information. The topic of discussion uh, during that time was uh, dealing with the uh, social economic development of Africans throughout the African diaspora. And needless to say, it was a very informative session, and we also look forward to having them as guests again. As a matter of fact, uh, this next coming um, Sunday, December 18th. Uh, and Again, this show should prove to be equally as exciting and informative as the last one. With regard to this evening show, the uh, show, we're talking about The seed of the Soul, a book titled The Seed of the Soul, which basically covers the human spirit, uh, the subject that inspires one to realize the unlimited perceptions of reality. And be it from a Western European or an Afrocentric perspective, we have the opportunity to explore perceptions and values from a holistic platform of discussion. Today, or should I say this evening, we will discuss and review a book authored by Gary Zukav titled The Seed of the Soul. And in future shows, we shall discuss books written by Dr. Amos Wilson uh, titled The Forsification of the African Consciousness, uh, Dr. Joy DeGray, a book titled uh, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, America's Legacy of Enduring Injury and Healing, uh, Brother Dr. Wade Nobles, the Afrocentricity and the Black Family, the development of the theoretical model, Brother Naeem, Dr. Naeem Akbar, the psychology of slavery, and finally, Dr. Jeffrey de Gardier in his book titled Post Traumatic Slavery Disorder. And with the same extraordinary skill that he used to mystify, and this is a quote. With the same extraordinary skill that he used to demystify scientific abstraction and the new physics of today, Gary Zukov, the award-winning author of the Dancing Wulai Masters, here takes us on a brilliant and penetrating exploration of the new phase of evolution that we have now entered. Zukav explains that we are evolving from a species that pursues power based upon the perceptions of the five senses, which is basically external power, into a species that pursues authentic power, power that is based upon the perceptions and values of spirit. He shows how the pursuit of external power has produced our survival of the fittest understanding of evolution and generated conflict between lovers, communities, and superpowers, and brought us to the edge of destruction. And using his scientific, uh, should I say, his scientist's eyes and philosopher's heart, Zukov shows how infusing the activities of the lives in reverence, compassion, and trust makes them come alive with meaning and purpose. He illustrates how the emerging values of the spirit are changing marriages into spiritual partnerships, psychology into Uh spiritual psychology, and thusly transforming our everyday lives, as quoted by Dr. Brian Weiss. So I invite you, and I am happy to have you this evening, I invite you to press the number one, On your keypad, if you wish to share some thoughts with us, join in our chat room discussion as well as the discussion here live on the show. And uh, we're looking forward to reading uh, excerpts from the book titled The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukav. At this moment, I will take a short break, and when we return, we will start uh, sharing some readings and Thoughts from the Seat of the Soul. Now, with uh, reading from the Seed of the Soul. therefore more evolved than a sponge. A horse is more complex, and therefore more evolved than a snake. A monkey is more complex, and therefore more evolved than a horse. And so on, up to human beings, which are the most complex, and therefore the most evolved life forms upon our planet. We were taught... In other words, that evolution means the progressive development of organizational complexity. And this definition is an expression of the idea that the organism that is better, best able to control both its environment and all of the other organisms in its environment is the most evolved. Indeed, survival of the fittest means that the most evolved organism is a given, in a given environment is the organism that is in the top of the food chain in that environment. And according to this definition, therefore, the, or, the organism that is most able to ensure its own survival is most able to serve its self-preservation is the most evolved. We have long known that this definition of evolution is inadequate, but we have not known why. When two humans engage one another, they are, in terms of organizational complexity, equally evolved. If both have the same intelligence, yet one is small-minded, mean, and selfish, while the other is magnanimous and altruistic, we say that the one who is magnanimous and altruistic is the more evolved. If one human intentionally sacrifices his or her life to save another by, for example, using his or her own body to shield another from an unseen bullet or a speeding car, we say that the human who sacrificed his or her life, indeed, was one of the most evolved amongst us. We know that these things to be true, but they are at variance with our understanding of evolution. And I can say that with my living here in New York City uh, in the last, I would say, ten years or so, we've had instances of um, of uh, heroism, sheerism, uh, of mothers sacrificing their lives when they see a truck or a vehicle approaching the carriage and pushing the carriage out of the way. And uh, saving the baby, but actually losing their life. Uh, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, here in Brooklyn, New York, uh, we had a uh, unfortunate. It's almost like an epidemic, a drive-by shooting, where um, a woman was on the stoop, and the children were with her. Children were with her. She, I think, she had 11 to 13 children. Uh, gave birth to them at least, and some of them were with her, and um, she actually. Upon hearing the gunshots, shielded her children, and she took a bullet, and needless to say, uh, she also lost her life. But she saved the children. Uh, we have, uh, in my lifetime, and many of you who are listening, uh, we have heroes uh, such as Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, El Hajj Malik Shabazz. Uh, a we have Harriet Tubman. I'm not sure about how she she, she didn't, uh, I don't think, uh, she wasn't assassinated. But we have in our midst human beings who were assassinated who knew that if they continued to serve us as fellow follow human beings, uh, people of the country who needed leadership and encouragement and direction, they knew that there were certain malcontents out there who actually were threatening their lives, but they continued to to march on as warriors for the human cause, for the good of humanity. And, of course, they were assassinated and they gave up their lives for a common cause. And we have that happening as we speak at this moment. Various wars are being fought where human beings have decided that it's better for them to risk their life to ensure that... The people who are free or who yearn to be free and not be subjected to terrorism and to dictatorial type of governments. And they are going to war against those people who are trying to maintain that particular illusion of power. And they are risking their lives, and many of them are losing, have lost, and are losing their lives. So uh, this is something that really strikes home with me. In my heart and consciousness, and uh, I'm trying to just also uh, do whatever I can to make a positive contribution. My wife and I both, uh, we talk about this often in terms of what can we do to better, uh, to make the world a better place? What can we do to make a contribution to the goodness? that is uh, available within our society as opposed to what is negative. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I chose to uh, read From the Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukos, because it really struck home with me. So as I continue, uh, that Jesus we are told, foresaw the plot against his life, even through the details of how his friends would act and react, yet he did not run from what he saw. The entirety of humanity, of humankind, has been inexorably shaped by the power and lives of one who gave his life for others. All him, we're talking about Jesus, all who revere him and almost all who but know his story agree that he was one of the most evolved of our species. Our deeper understanding tells us that a truly evolved being is one that values others more than it values itself. And that value has, that values love more than it values the physical world for what it is in. We must now bring our understanding of evolution into alignment with that deeper understanding. It is important that we do this because our current understanding of evolution reflects the phase of evolution that we are now leaving behind. And by examining this understanding... We can perceive how we have evolved up to now, and what we are new, or should I say what we are now in the process of leaving behind. And by reflecting upon our new and expanded understanding of evolution, one that validates our deepest truths, we can see what we are evolving into, and what that means in terms of what we experience and what we value and how. act. Our current understanding of evolution results from the fact that we have evolved until now by exploring physical reality with our five senses. We have been up until now five sensory human beings, and this path of evolution has allowed us to see the basic principles of the universe in concrete ways. We see through our five senses that every action is a cause that has an effect, and that every effect has a cause. We see the results of our intentions. We see that rage kills, it takes away breath, the life force, and it spills blood, the carrier of vitality. We see that kindness nourish, nurtures. We see and feel the effects. Of a, of a snarl and a smile. We experience our ability to process knowledge. We see, for example, that a stick is a tool. And we see effects of how we choose to use it. The club that kills can drive a stake into the ground or to hold a shelter. The spear that takes a life can be used as a lever to ease life's burdens. The life that cuts flesh can be used to cut cloth. The hands that build bombs can be used to build schools. The minds that coordinate the activities of violence can coordinate the activities of cooperation. We see that within the activities of life are infused with reverence, uh, they came alive with meaning and purpose. We see that when irreverence is lacking, or should I say reverence is lacking for one's activities, the result is cruelty, violence, and loneliness. The physical arena is a magnificent learning environment. It is a school within which, through experimentation we come to understand what causes us to expand and what causes us to contract what causes us to grow and what causes us to shrivel and what nurtures our Is seen only from the five century point of view, the physical survival appears to be the fundamental criterion of evolution because no other kind of evolution is detectable. It is from this point of view that survival of the fittest appears to be synonymous with evolution, and physical dominance appears to characterize advanced evolution. When perception of the physical world is limited to the five-sensory modality, the basis of life in our physical arena becomes fear. Power to control the environment and those within the environment appears to be essential. The need for physical dominance produces a type of competition that affects every aspect of our lives. It affects relationships between lovers, between superpowers, between siblings, and between races, between classes, and between sexes. It disrupts the natural tendency towards harmony between nations and between friends. In the same energy that sent warships to the Persian Gulf, sent soldiers to Vietnam and crusaders to Palestine, the energy that separated the family of Romeo from the family of Juliet is the same energy that separates the racial family of the black husband from the racial family of the white wife. The energy that set Lee Harvey Oswald against John Kennedy is the same energy that set Cain against Abel. Brothers and sisters quarrel for the same reason that corporations quarrel. They seek power over one another. The power to control the environment and and those within it is power over which can be felt, smelled, tasted, heard, and seen. And this type of power is external power. External power can be acquired or lost, as in stock market and as in uh, an election. And we're experiencing right right now a a fluctuation of the stock market. Um, We are, you know, struggling not to be in a depression uh, for the last two years, going on three years because of fluctuation. We have a world economy. European countries are now struggling to form a united uh, economic front. And, of course, uh, we have an election which will be, held within the next year, and their powers, political powers, that are struggling to dominate the election to get the vote of their constituents. So, indeed, um, there's something to say about the illusion of power. Now, will this power be maintained forever? Because we're just talking about in our lifetime, those of us who are mature, of course, are considering What's going to happen to the next generation with our children and their children, our grandchildren and grandchildren's children? So it behooves us to be mindful of the fact that what we do today and how we evolve in our consciousness and our commitment to one another, indeed to ourselves and to the Most High, will have an effect for many, many years to come. So At this moment, I'll take another break. And I will continue reading from the Seed of the Soul. Oh, yes, yes, I'm back. I really like that tune. That's called Eddie's Theme. My wife, uh, Spirit Change, really gave me a good treat by uploading that and uh, having that as a theme for our show. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, I must also just acknowledge that uh, we're celebrating uh, the birthday of a giant in jazz is one of my first uh, favorite pianists, um, Brother Baba Dr. McCoy Tyner. Uh, it is his birthday today. I'm not sure how old he is, but he's uh, brother has been in there for many years, and he used to be um, John Coltrane's pianist. And uh, I, I, I love the brother, and I, I sent him uh, energy and prayers of a healthy and joyful birthday and a long, continued long life. So... Thanks, honey, for uploading. <laughs> is. <great>. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it was really a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm pretty excited about reading, uh, continuing to read, "Receive the, the Soul" by Gary Zukav. Uh, do you have anything to share?
1: Um, well, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the book so far. I was listening to what you were saying. You were giving a lot of examples about the same energy that separates people mm-hmm. you know the same energy that separates the um relatives see that um when he assassinated the late president Kennedy, yeah. you know it's it's that it's that um energy that's in line with um the age that we're living in which is the age of Caliuga. mm. So I, I just found that to be interesting from the perspective of Gary Zukav. I, I haven't read that book, mm-hmm. but so far what I'm
0: hearing is, you know, it makes my antenna go up. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's interesting. You mentioned Kali Yuga, which is uh, more than 2,000 years uh, of conflict, and um, we we're just in the beginning of that. So, and I was just, just synchronicity, I was just talking about how we need to be concerned about our children. And our children's 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 grandchildren grand you know on to the next you know hundreds of years, and what we do now can have a positive or negative effect so uh reading this book hopefully will be an inspiration to really bring it home how important it is for us to do the right thing
1: and we don't want our successors to blame us for bringing them into a big mess. Yes, we we like them to see something better.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, good point. Excellent point. So we continue from where we left off, uh, and we were talking as my wife was mentioning uh, Lee Harvey Oswood. I'm getting back to my space here with the uh, the book of the Seed of the Soul, and we continue by saying, the power to control the environment and those within it is power over what we can be felt, smelled, tasted, heard, or seen. And this type of power is external power, basically. External power can be acquired or lost, as in the stock market or through an election. It can be bought or stolen, transferred or inherited. It is thought of as something that can be gotten from someone else or somewhere else. One person's gain of external power is perceived as another person's loss. The result of seeing power as external is violence and destruction. And all of our institutions, social, economic, and political, reflect our understanding of power as external. We have, I know, I have coworkers that have been making bets on the, on the football games. And, of course, you know, living here in the, in the United States, and most Western powers, and I guess it's universal. Sports is a universal phenomenon of uh, human beings engaging in competition. But uh, there has to be this element of I'm I'm going to lose, or, or you and I'm or if not, I'm going to win. And I prefer just have you lose. And of course, the person that loses uh, loses reputation and self-esteem in some instances. And, of course, they might even lose money uh, in, in a position of, of, of high esteem and, and being uh, considered to be a person of importance. So those are illusions that we've created within our community uh, of uh, five-century perception. And once one gets into the multi sensory perception, which we will be covering later on, uh, that will be something that, to be very interesting to have a discussion about, if not on the show, at least amongst those of you at home and amongst your friends and associates and and companions. So families like cultures are patriarchal and matriarchal. One person wears a pants, and children learn this very early, and it shapes their lives. Police departments, like the military, are produced by the perception of power as external. Badges, boots, rank, radio, uniform, weapons, and armor are symbols of fear. And those who wear them are fearful. They fear to engage the world without defenses. And those who encounter these symbols are fearful. They fear the power of these symbols or should I say they feel the power that these symbols represent? Are they fear those whom they expect this power to contain, or they feel both? The police and the military, like patriarchal and matriarchal families and cultures, are not origins of the perception of power as external. They are reflections of the way that we, as a species, and as individuals have come to view power, the perception of power as external has shaped our e- economics. The ability to control economics within communities and within nations, and the ability to control the transnational or transnational economy of the world, is concentrated in the hands of a few people. We see that uh, reflecting through the so-called Occupy Wall Street phenomenon, where the 99 percent, those representing the 99 percent, are now collectively protesting throughout the world. It started here in New York City and Wall Street, and it now has uh, spread uh, exponentially through other states and cities and here in the United States and, indeed, in other countries throughout the world. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, this protest Uh, eventually evolves. I'm very curious to see how that happens and to what degree. So as I continue with The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov, he states that to protect workers from these people, we have created unions. To protect consumers, we have created bureaucracies in government. To protect, thank you, honey, to protect the poor, we have created welfare systems. And this is a perfect reflection of how we have come to perceive power as the possession of a few while the majority serve it as victims. Money is a symbol of external power, and those who have the most power have the most ability to control their environment and those within it, while those who have the least money have the least ability to control their environment and those within it. And money is acquired, lost, stolen, and inherited and fought for, education, social status, fame, and things that are owned, if we derive a sense of increased security from them, are symbols of external power. Anything we fear to lose, a home, a car, an attractive body, an agile mind, a deep belief, is a symbol of external power. And what we fear is an increase in our vulnerability, And this results from seeing power as external. That is really, really, really heavy. Uh, We have so many of us, again, through the economy in the last couple of years, have lost their homes.
1: I know. It's terrible.
0: They're devastated.
1: Of course.
0: And a lot of that was because they actually believed in the powers that be. There were banks, from what I understand that really knew uh, that they were giving mortgages to people who could not maintain the payments. And they were using that money, you know, without integrity. And we have many people now who don't have jobs, so their social bearings and status is now not the same. It's perceived that they've lost power, which is an illusion. And also understanding that at any time, one can be attractive have a body, but as you get old or older, that attractiveness eludes us. The muscles that the man had, you know, the virile uh, image that he projected, diminishes the so-called beauty that the woman has no longer there. She now it might be inclined to have a facelift of the years, excessive makeup, and so forth. Every now. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And and if you think about it, though, I think of pictures of people in indigenous communities. They don't wear bras, the women. You know, uh, the men uh, and, and do not go through all kinds of whatever antics to maintain a certain verbal image. You know, they embrace aging. Thusly, they're more happy. They have a more balanced perspective in life. So there's something to say about those people who are so-called indigenous, who live the simple life. And I think what the universe is, ha- is arranging right now is that people recognize that uh, we have to go back to basics. Back to basics,
1: that's right. We have yeah. to go back to basics. Mm-hmm. So, including our food, but I know you're going to get into
0: that later. Ah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. So anything we fear to lose, is, I will repeat again, a home, a car, an attractive body, an, an agile mind, a, a deep belief is a symbol of external power. And what we fear is an increase in our vulnerability, and this results from seeing power, power as external. And when power is seen as external, The hierarchies of our social, economic, and political structure, as well as the hierarchies of the universe, appear as indicators of who has power and who does not. And those at the top appear to have the most power and therefore to be the most vulnerable and the least vulnerable, or should I say the most valuable and the least vulnerable. And those at the bottom appear to be the least powerful, and therefore, to be the least viable and the most vulnerable, and from this perception, the journal is more viable yes, the journal is more viable than the private, and the executive is more viable than the chaffer, and the doctor is more viable than the receptionist, and the parent is more viable than the child and the divine is more viable than the worshiper. We fear to transgress our parents, our bosses, and our guard, and all perceptions of lesser and greater personal value result from the perception of power as being external. Competition for external power lies at the heart of all violence, and the secondary game between ideological conflicts such as capitalism versus communism in religious conflicts such as Irish Catholic versus Irish Protestant, and geographical conflicts such as Jew against, uh, should I say, versus Arab, and familial and marital conflicts is external power. The perception of power as external splinters the psychic, whether it is the psyche of the individual, the community, the nation or the world. There is no difference between acute schizophrenia and a world at war. There is no difference between the agony of a splintered soul and the agony of a splintered nation. When a husband and a wife compete for power, they engage the same dynamic that humans of one race do when they fear humans of another race. For these from these dynamics we have formed our present understanding of evolution as a process of ever-increasing ability to dominate the environment and each other. And this definition reflects the limitations of perceiving the physical world with only five senses. It reflects the competition for external power that is generated by fear. After millennia of brutality to one another, individuals to individual and group to group, it is now clear that the insecurity which underlies the perception of power as external cannot be healed by the accumulation of external power. It is evident for all to see, not only with each newscast and evening paper, but also through each of our countless sufferings as individuals and as a species, that the perception of power as external brings only pain, violence, and destruction. And this is how we have evolved up until now, and this is what we are leaving behind. So yes, indeed, we see that within a recent year that we've had nations that were being ruled by tyrannical dictators who spawned terrorists to perpetuate their power. They have been eliminated by the people of those countries, the people have arisen to a certain degree of consciousness and determination to not allow that uh, illusion of power to control them anymore. So yes, indeed, we are in the uh, beginnings of a stage of transformation, of radical transformation for the goodness of humanity. I must say before I take a break that uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, that uh, the reason why I have chosen to uh, uh, read from books such as The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukav and other books such as uh, uh, Of Water and the Spirit by Dr. Maladome, Patrice Somme and and a host of other books uh, by authors uh, that are very renowned. Uh, is it many of us throughout the world uh, do not have access to these books. There are no libraries, no bookstores, and even if there are, some of them don't have the money to be able to afford to purchase the books. And then, of course, we have those of us who cannot read, uh, either because of lack of education or because they're blind. So uh, I've chosen, my wife and I both, have chosen to pick books from time to time to feature on our blog talk radio show so that indeed we can facilitate those who are uh, being challenged of having access to books such as The Seed of the Soul. And, of course, also to uh, generate and stimulate a dialogue so that we can exchange thoughts and ideas and, uh, and hopefully have a healthy discussion for the betterment of our communities, uh, locally as well as throughout the uh, African diaspora and throughout the world. So, at this point, I'd like to take another break, and I again thank you so much for uh, taking the time from your Sunday evening to share with us as we continue reading from *The Sea of the Soul*. on uh, by calling in, please feel free, and of course, uh, press the number one button and pound and it would be a pleasure to uh, share some thoughts with you. I continue now with the seat of the soul, and uh, Gary continues by saying our deeper understanding leads us to another kind of power, a power that loves life in every form that it appears a power that does not judge what it encounters, a power that perceives meaningfulness and purpose in the smallest details upon the earth, and this is authentic power. When we align our thoughts, emotions, and actions with the highest part of ourselves, we are filled with enthusiasm, purpose, and meaning. Life is rich and full, and we have no thoughts of bitterness. We have no memory of fear, and we are joyously and intimately engaged with our world. And this is the experience of authentic power. Authentic power has its roots in the deepest sorts of our being. Authentic power cannot be bought, inherited, or hoarded. An authentically empowered person is incapable of making anyone or anything a victim. An authentically empowered person is one who is so strong so empowered that the idea of using force against another is not part of his or her consciousness. No understanding of evolution is adequate that does not have at its core that we are on a journey towards authentic power, and that authentic empowerment is the goal of our evolutionary process and the purpose of our being. We are evolving from a species that pursues external power into a species that pursues authentic power. We are leaving behind exploration of the physical world as our sole means of evolution. And this means of evolution and the consciousness that results from an awareness that is limited to the five-sensory modality are no longer adequate to what we must become. We are evolving from five-sensory humans into multi-sensory humans, our five senses together form a single sensory system that is designed to perceive physical reality. The perceptions of a multisensory human extend beyond physical reality to the larger dynamical systems of which our physical reality is a part. And the multisensory human is able to perceive and to appreciate the role that our physical reality plays in a larger picture of evolution. And the dynamics by which our physical reality is created and sustained, this realm is invisible to the five-sensory human. Hmm. It is in this invisible realm that the origins of our deepest values are found. From the perspective of this invisible realm, the motivations of those who consciously sacrifice their lives for higher purposes make sense. The power of Gandhi is inexplicable and the compassionate acts of the Christ are comprehensible in a fullness that is not accessible to the five-sensory human. All of our great teachers have been or are multi-sensory humans. They have spoken to us and act in accordance with perceptions and values that reflect the larger perspective of the multisensory being. And therefore, their words and actions awaken with us the recognition of truths. From the perception of the five-sensory human, we are alone in a universe that is physical. From the perception of the multisensory human, we are never alone, and the universe is alive, conscious, intelligent, and compassionate. And from the perception of the five-sensory human, the physical world is an unaccountable given in which we unaccountably find ourselves, and we strive to dominate it so that we can survive. However, from the perception of the multi-sensory human, the physical world is a learning environment that is created jointly by the souls that share it, and everything that occurs within it serves their meaning. From the perception of the five-sensory human, intentions have no effects. The effects of actions are physical, and not all actions affect us or others. From the perception of the multisensory human, the intention behind an action determines its effects, and every intention affects both us and others, and the effects of intentions extend far beyond the physical world. For every, action, for every action, there is a reaction. In the spiritual world. Yes. In the physical world, they say, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. But it doesn't have to be opposite or equal. It just has to be a reaction. We are very much aware of that. We're coming close to the end of this evening's segment. And uh, I'm pretty excited. I am very Pleased that I chose uh, this book to read uh, during the month of December, uh, becoming close to celebrating the birthday of Christ. Yes.
1: Uh, yes. The birthday as,
0: as is stated. As is stated. And uh, it just—I had no de- design, or it wasn't my intention to pick the book because of that. Mm. But it just dawned on me, especially as I'm reading early in the book, about the essence of Christ's sacrifice, what he stood for. So uh, I, I'm empowered and I'm grateful. I, I have, I'm i in a state of gratitude uh, to be alive, number one. Number two, to, to be healthy. Uh, number three, to have a uh, lovely wife who is alive and healthy. Thank and, you. And sharing her energy with me you know, that, that makes my life worthwhile. It gives me the uh the encouragement and the wherewithal to be able to sit here in front of this phone and in front of this computer to share these thoughts with those of you who are listening and those of you who will be listening in the future uh through the archives. Indeed, uh, you know, I, I'm just excited about all the possibilities of us moving ahead. Uh and, and reading this book that uh, that Gary Zukav had the blessings and the worth all to, uh, to pen to paper and to share his thoughts with us and his revelations. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, I will be sharing the same book next Sunday, but I, I, I really have, uh, determined and decided that I need to do more than one show a week. So, uh, it has not yet been decided, but I will be posting on my Facebook. Those of you who are Facebook friends of mine, please uh, uh, look forward to updated postings in terms of the dates that I will choose to uh, to air uh, uh, additional shows. So then, indeed this month can be the beginning of of uh, a new uh, a new page, no pun intended, <laughs> of of uh, grassroots holistic health. And and also, I must also say that my wife and I, we decided today that we're going to do a New Year's Eve show. Yes. So I'm pretty excited about that.
1: I'm excited about it as well, because our show last New Year's Eve, the turnout was incredible. I didn't expect that volume of guests, because it was our first show, and I'm assuming people are going to be going out and doing things and... So many wonderful people chose to share their New Year's (laughs) Eve with us on the show. Yeah,
0: that was
1: not great. So I'm certainly looking forward to another year, a second year of our – this will be our second annual Mm -hmm. New Year's Eve celebration where we can bring in the New Year's in a safe way. Yes. We want everyone to be safe. We want everyone to have a good time. Our show last year was multicultural. It's going to be the same this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just so wonderful. I am so excited. I can't wait. To yes, it. yes. Safe and healthy. Safe, healthy. Yes.
0: And dealing with higher self and higher consciousness.
1: Spirituality, Spirituality. from all cultures. Yes, indeed. It was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm just really hyped up for that.
0: Yes, yes, so am I. So am I. Uh, again, with that in mind, uh, I must share with you the fact that my wife, uh, Spirit Change, Queen Mother Spirit Change, has her own show uh, every Sunday. Uh, would you care to share some thoughts about that?
1: Well, I just look forward to um, our listeners joining us Sunday mornings. As you know, my, well, I shouldn't say, as you know, we have some new listeners tonight, mm-hmm. but uh, my husband, Lava, is um, my co host on my Sunday morning shows, and uh, he also talks about health tips when time permits, the show is
0: New Spirit Talk Radio, 9 o'clock a.m. each Sunday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. And I must also add that uh, my wife, uh, she offers free introductory metaphysical workshops in the New York City area. So if any of you are interested in learning uh, divination, candle work, or meditation, she also provides guidance as how to sit up an altar along with various rituals And she also conducts a free uh, support group for those diagnosed with type 1 or type 2 diabetes, uh, their families and their caretakers. And this support group is built on a holistic and spiritual principles, and she she distributes a holistic remedy for diabetes, which she has personally used herself. And it is available for purchase in person in the New York City area or online at her website, which is, is www.thenewdiabetessolution.com. So please feel free to contact her for additional details, or you can contact me as well. I um, also would like to uh, inform you that uh, with the holidays approaching, especially Kwanzaa, uh, I have a website, Drums of change, drumsofchange, drumsofspirit.com, or merely drumsofchange.com, where um, I have a link. Where you can purchase drums, and it is my intention, uh, the mission of my company, is to have a drum in every African, uh, every household of African descent especially, to have a drum, and eventually if not, uh, if they don't have, a, a designated drummer. And that drummer will perform at all events, from the birth of a baby, his birthday, to the opposite of uh, the family experience and life of someone who's transitioned to have the drum present and, and if possible, to have it uh, played by a designated drummer. And, of course, any other significant event that happens in between that time. All right. Uh, my wife has an announcement to make uh, in addition to what we just spoke about. Next Saturday, which
1: is December 17th, My husband is going to be ministering with his drum at Bridge Street AME Church, 277 Simonson Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Um, The Sunday Church School is doing a presentation of One Night in Bethlehem. And uh, if you can make it, I know that you'll really enjoy the event. And, again, it's next Saturday, December 17th. The event starts at 10 o'clock a.m. and uh, the location is Bridge Street A.M.E. Church, 277 Stuyvesant Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11221.
0: <laughs> Great. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. Um, and as I mentioned again, I, I reiterate that uh, we have drums at my which are being sold from my site. Uh, professionally made drums from uh, countries such as Ghana and Kenya, Tanzania, Tanzania um, price points at very, very reasonable uh, rates from $19, 29 $50 on up to, of course, to larger drums uh, to a couple of hundred dollars. But you can get drums for your children, or first-time drummers, for as little as 25 29 $30. And they are shipped. Some of the drums also are being sold, including shipping, shipping costs included. So I encourage you to go to my site, uh, www.drumsoachange.com. And, of course, I have. uh, you can purchase books. And I must mention that we have books that are uh, written by, um, uh, well, actually, the book I'm sharing with you this evening, The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukoff, can be purchased from my website, and then uh, books by uh, Brother Doctor uh "The Seed of the Soul," I'm sorry, "Of uh, Water and the Spirit," and um, and the Healing Wisdom of Africa, uh, and uh, there's a host of other books you can purchase from my website. So I, I invite you to join me again. Uh, definitely, we will be uh, featuring the show next Sunday at, at seven o'clock again, Sunday evening and I, as I mentioned, stay tuned, uh, and I will have additional days uh, beginning this week in which I will be featuring uh, my show and continuing reading from the Seat of the Soul by Gary zukov So I, as I do with every show, I will end with a closing prayer, and I again want to thank, give thanks to all the listeners, those of you who shared your uh, time in, in the chat room, I give thanks to my wife spirit change queen mother spirit change. I close by saying dear God we give this day we give this evening to you and may our minds stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness and may we not be tempted to stray from love and as we begin this week we open to receive you we invite you to enter where you already abide and may our minds and hearts be pure and true and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the mask we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this evening. We ask only that they serve you in the healing of the world. And may we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we, we go. Dear Lord, make us the person and the people that you would have us be. Direct our footsteps and show us what you would have us do and make the world a safer, more beautiful place. Bless all of your creatures, heal us all, and use us, dear Lord, that we might know the joy of being used by you. We thank you again. We are grateful. We end by saying namaste, shalom, assalamu alaikum, one love, peace, and blessings. God bless.